We are entering 2021 Roaring. Welcome to the On The Whistle podcast. I'm your host, Nabi. Today, we'll be talking about the line of Judah, South Africa's very own Percy Tao, and about how his move to England's Premier League has helped lift the mood in the country in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. We'll also run you through the key talkers ahead of the Champions League group stages. Can Al-Akhli successfully defend their crown with Pizzo Mosimane at the helm? And finally, we'll close out the show with a quick-fire interview with Zimbabwe's Minister of Defence, Tendai Darikwa. But first, let's talk Percy Tao. And joining me to do that today is our regular guest, our regular analyst, our regular co-host, Premier Soccer League winner, Courtney Fries. And he's going to be flanked today by ENCA Africa Assignments Editor, a man who's got over 20 years in the game, but not on the field, off the field in the press room, an all-round nice guy, and a man who, like Benjamin Button, looks younger every single day he's on this beautiful planet. Welcome to the podcast, Edwin Chaswe. Hey, Zen Navi, nice to be on your pod- podcast, nice to be on the whistle, and uh, nice to finally meet uh, uh, Courtney as well. I know that we chatted a few weeks ago, or last year, Gee, with the time goes by very quickly, but uh, nice to be with you guys as well. Welcome, Edwin. Pleasure to have you with us, boss. And Edwin, I guess it's time to get into it. I mean, South Africa is the richest uh, soccer league on the African continent. But recently, South Africa has failed to produce players to the Premier League, which is widely regarded as the most competitive league in the world. The last South African to play in the Premier League was Stephen Pinnar in 2017 with Sunderland. Why has there been such a barren spell? Well, if you would ask me, um, you know, in the beginning, in the early 90s, when South Africa came back into international sport, um, you, you had this group of really good players who went over to play in England because our league here was just developing, it was starting, um, you know, uh, we, we finally got to have um, the, the Premier League in, in 1996. But before that, it hadn't attracted enough sponsorship, it hadn't attracted enough money into it. And so you could see all these players on the back of uh, the Africa Cup of Nations as well, uh, making their way over to Europe. My opinion is that after that, when the South African leagues, as you say, uh, started becoming the richest on the African continent, there's enough money to go around. Clubs were getting uh, their grants from from the PSL's uh, television rights. And it seems as if, I'm, I'm not scientifically sure about it, but it seems as if the players locally uh, decided that if you were well paid at Manuel Di Sanders, at Orlando Pirates, or at Kazachis, there really is no point in leaving South Africa for the cold conditions, for instance, of, of England. I mean, there's a story about uh, Phil Massinga and Lucas Hadeda's uh, stint in, at Leeds United, where uh, Hadadet seemed to have uh, decided at one point that he was going to pack his bag and, and come back home because it was so cold and it was miserable conditions. But he decided that he was going to stick it out. I mean, Phil Massinga, as you know, eventually went to uh, Bari uh, in Italy, he went to some warmer uh, climate uh, in, in, in Italy. But Lucas Hadadet, you know, had to become mentally strong and he stuck it out 
and we all know what happened. I mean, the man is revered at Ellen Road. So there were a couple of players who came to Europe, who came particularly into the, um, the English Premier League, who didn't have that mental strength of, of speaking it out in, in foreign conditions, for instance. You know, you don't have your bride, you don't have your pap, you don't have your uh, chisanyama, you can't go and wash your car in, you know, like perfect weather conditions in South Africa. But as soon as the league attracted uh, enough money and a player could earn 200,000 rand a month at Mamelodi Sundowns, I suppose there was no point in going to, to England and, and suffering the cold. But that's just my opinion on it. Courtney, you would have played at a time where there were a generation of Bafana players who were successfully plying their trade in Europe. Um, Sean Bartlett, Stephen, not Stephen Pina, who would have been too young for you, but um, Mark Fish. Um, as Edwin mentioned, uh, Lucas Kadebe and uh, Philemon Masinga um, and Dalron Buckley, uh, who's been on this podcast. There were a host of players playing in Europe and a good few based in the Premier League. Benny McCarthy, another one. Well, Zane, there's a combination of factors why I feel that these players are not coming through, and it's not down to ability. That's one thing I'd say, okay? Uh, the players that are currently in South Africa and the top players, I think um, Edwin has touched on something valuable there. I didn't know what the salaries are until Edwin mentioned one of the particular salaries. 200000 a month footballers are earning. I remember when I was playing professional football, my salary a month was 1,000 Rand. And you must remember at that time, we were the team that won the league and that was my salary. So uh, 200,000 a week, uh, um, uh, a month is a huge and a phenomenal salary in South Africa. That's one of the reasons they won't, the players won't move. The other thing is about the code and about the culture, uh, I just think that if you don't want to experience those things, you won't move. Yes, it is cold, but you are able to still you've uh, you are able to still live a normal South African life, which I live now as a South African living in England. So, which is not a problem. Okay? Now, now, Courtney, I've been crunching the numbers while you've been talking there, and you're basically saying when you won the league in approximately 1996. Yes. Um, with Manning Rangers, you yes. would have been earning around sixty-five pounds a month. That's Six, approximately sorry, sixty-five US dollars a month, not pounds, yeah. US dollars. Yeah. And now a player playing in South Africa could earn around thirteen thousand US dollars a month. So for our international audience listening out there and those on the continent, that's a staggering jump. And those wages um are, are really good considering you're not having to leave your backyard, you're not having to leave South Africa, and will carry you a long way and help you really economically uplift your life in South Africa. Absolutely. Uh, um, I don't, if I must be honest, Zane, I don't think the whole the whole team salary put together was 200,000 a month, if I'm being genuinely honest. Right? So, so that is, the, the, there's been a huge shift that has happened financially and because of this huge shift players don't have that desire to go overseas and expose themselves to a different culture a culture they're not really that familiar with and a different style of football which they could comfortably integrate into because the english premier league and division one leagues are all designed around hard working hard running 
and players with ability. And South African players tick that box on a lazy day. So, gentlemen, Percy Tau signed for Brighton in 2018, wasn't able to play in the Premier League because of the stringent work permit laws. That subsequently worked itself out because of Brexit. It's become harder for Europeans to come into England. But a byproduct of that has meant that it's easier now for players from around the world to come in. He won the league twice with Sundowns. He won the uh, CAF Champions League uh, with the Pretoria Club too. Was farmed out to the second division in Belgium where he clearly was too good for that league. Um, scored a lot of goals. Helped them earn promotion. Um, and played at Belgian royalty. Uh, Club Bruges played in the Champions League with them and more recently under Vincent Company at Anderlecht. From what you've seen, um, Edwin, does Percy have the talent, the work ethic and the tactical intelligence to make it in the Premier League? Well, I mean, judging by uh, his first training session, um, when he when he went back to to Brighton with uh, with Porter, uh, the coach saying that he was very impressed with what he saw, and the mental uh, fortitude that uh, you know Pesitao has, and 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 the, the weight of expectation, I think is the most important thing uh, for for his progress because he knows what is expected. You know. We're talking about how uh, players leave home and they play abroad and, and, and they live in, in foreign conditions. It, it, it takes a player to be aware of uh, that kind of situation and what they want to achieve and the ambition that they've set for themselves. And most, most, most players in South Africa, as we said, would rather be comfortable. You have to take out of that group a, a, a player who is dedicated, who's focus on, on, on what they want to do. And I think Petitao is one of those players. He, he's got ambition. Um, he, he, he knows what he wants to achieve. I, mean, I think it's going to be a little bit difficult because uh, of where Brighton are uh, in the English Premier League. I mean, they're 17th on the log, as we speak, what, three, points, uh, three places above uh, relegation zone. So he arrives with all this weight of expectation. And it takes a good player to be able to carry a team and is he the right player to do that? We'll see. Certainly after making his debut for Brighton in the FA Cup, if you went onto social media, you would have seen some of his deft touches, um, how he um, can negotiate defenders and get them to fall over, actually. Um, Courtney, when you look at him and you were a former defender, a man who shut down many creative forces. And no, I'm not talking about the over 35 leagues that you currently play in. Um, <laughs> but Courtney, what do you make of Percy? Does he have the metal to make it in England? Um, well, let's just look at his, his progression, Zane. Yes, simple answer. What he's done at Sundowns, and he hasn't jumped into a big league immediately. And that's with all due respect to Belgium. He's jumped in, into a league where it's continued his progress and his integration into European football, obviously worked on his confidence, and now he's back at Brighton, who are in the top league in the world. And, he's, and his progress hasn't taken a short period of time. He's been in Belgium, learning his trade in Europe. This is a good player. But he's also got youth on his side, and he will be a contributing factor to Brighton. Whether it's minutes on the pitch, because 
at the moment, Potter cannot trust Danny Welbeck's body. So Percy Tau comes with a good, clean injury record with high intensity and, and good ability. He's going to be used because Danny Welbeck won't be used because he'll be injured. So he's in such a good space. Percy Tau's biggest uh, um, person to fight against at this moment in time is Connolly, who plays in exactly the similar position as him up front. Similar type of player. Hard-working, hard-running, and, and, and a good attitude. Now, Percy Tau has that, but with a bit more flair. It just now comes down to the manager on whether he's willing to trust him. Edwin, I see you nodding there. Is that, uh, is that an endorsement yeah. for what Courtney was saying? I, I, I agree. And, but, but, you know, adapting to, to, to the tough, I mean, I think uh, that the, the English Premiership, as, uh, as Courtney is saying, is the top league in the world. So you will come from the Continental uh, League, from Belgium, uh, where, you know, somebody just, you know, touches you when it's a foul. And coming into the English Premier League, uh, it, it's going to be hard. So I think that maybe his skill and his speed will stand him in good stead. I just don't know whether there will be a lot of pressure on him to start uh, hitting the ground running uh, with all these expectations. I mean, uh, South Africa went mad as soon as the news uh, was announced that uh, Brighton had recalled Percy Dow from, from uh, Underlast in Belgium, where, of course, he was trained by uh, former Man City captain Vincent Company. Um, South Africa went crazy. And so it's almost as if we went back to those days in the early 90s where we knew we had uh, top-class players in Europe. And at the moment, he seems to be the only one standing out. And so the, the, the weight of expectation is huge. And I don't know whether he'll uh, be able to adapt very quickly to the tough, cold conditions there in England. You spoke about something there, Edwin, the weight of expectations. Um, and do you think that's because there's probably been a generation of youngsters who've watched the Premier League and not had somebody to look up to and aspire to be like? Yeah, I would say so. And by the way, there's, a, there's a, another youngster from, uh, from Southampton, Carvela Chalk. I mean, he left Mamelodi at uh, the age of one, and he was on the bench uh, when Southampton uh, beat Liverpool uh, last Monday. Um, and already people in South Africa are saying we do not want this, this tug of war um, between South Africa and England because uh, I think he, he, he was in the under-18 England camp. So you can see that there seems to be a hunger uh, down here, uh, football fans wanting to see uh, South Africans again in the English Premier League, you know, um, going back to those days where you had Fish, where you had Lucas, where you had uh, Steven Pina, um, and, and obviously not want to see the disappointment of an O.J. Madizela, you know, uh, good uh, spell at Tottenham and then he had to come back home because of his demons and, and his problems. So there seems to be that expectation on, on, on South African names um, appearing in the English Premier League again. I just have to notice it. We don't live in Alaska. It's not that cold. <laughs> it's not that cold. So I don't know. Listen, I'm in shorts as I'm sitting now, right? 
the only thing is it's very dark, but <laughs> it's not that cold. <laughs> you know, you've got to forgive no, 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 I'm, I'm Edwin. Edwin, you've got to you've got to forgive Courtney. He's from Harding. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I know, you know, Europe is, is, is well insulated when you're indoors, it's great, you've got your heater going, but it's happening outside in the snow. Well, we certainly hope that Percy Tau roars in the Premier League. We wish him well. We want to get him on this podcast. And, and Edwin, what does Percy's surname actually mean? Well, Tau in Susutu languages in Swana or in Peri or in South Susutu means lion. So he's the lion of Judah. And probably because of his uh, hairstyle and dreadlocks, he's uh, quite closely maybe associated with uh, uh, Haile Selassie or maybe Bob Mali. I'm not too sure how they link uh, the lion with Judah, but definitely his surname uh, means lion in English. Well, well, there we go. We certainly wish Percy well. We'd like to see him succeed in the Premier League and we'd love to get him on the podcast because then we could talk to him about football. We could talk to him about the success he's had um, at the various clubs he's been with. Uh, he does, he has won a Belgian league. He's won the South African league. Um, he is um, also hopefully going to guide South Africa to an African Cup of Nations success. May I not jinx it? And of course, um, has a BCom <laughs> degree. So a really well-rounded man. And um, we certainly and wish I'm, him the best. Sorry, Zane. Sorry, Zane. I've also got him in my fantasy team already. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping for goals. <laughs> I'm hoping for goals. He's the only South African in my fantasy team. I'm hoping for goals. Well, he better deliver. He better deliver. Um, Edwin, Something that we wanted to talk about with you as well is the um, CAF Champions League. Uh, that draw recently having taken place, the group stages about to go ahead. Um, lots of interest there because mm. Al Ahli are the defending champions, coached by one Pizzo Mosemane, who coached Percy Tau at uh, at Sundowns. Um, what can we expect to see from from Pizzo at uh, at uh, at Al Ahli? Do you think he'll be able to? defend the title this season uh, considering he came in at the last season during the semis and not to take away from winning those pressure games, this is going to be a very different campaign. It will be a different campaign and I think for him it will be resetting the button because as you say he arrived there um, in, in the semi-finals. I mean it was a, it was a difficult period for him uh, joining Al-Ali in the semi-finals if he botched it uh, he would have copped a lot of criticism that, you know, he laid out on the plate for you. All you had to do is to win two matches, and that's it. And after winning the title, a lot of people said, no, but I mean, he arrived in the semifinals. He, it was already done. Um, when he arrived, the league had already been uh, won as well. So he was in a very difficult position. I mean, he, it, as Bart Simpson would say, then did you do, and then did you don't, you know? So now he's Resetting the button, he's gonna start the campaign from uh, you know from the group stages, and and hopefully you know go all the way because that is what is expected in Cairo, um, that is what is expected at Al Ali, you know, Africa's biggest club. You you cannot say, and I think he's got them playing 
uh, his style and his brand of football that, that we saw with Manuel de and uh, you know he wants one touches, he wants passes, he wants a lot of uh, movement of the ball as well. So I think that he'll uh, he'll, he'll he'll take the club uh, uh, far down the line on uh, on this campaign. The difficulty he has, Zane, is all the things that Edwin has just mentioned now, because pure football managers like himself and other football greats will be sitting back and thinking, you came into a situation that was quite positive, or others may say, as Edwin very clearly put it, negative. He'll be looking at, okay, where can I get this team from the very beginning? Where can I get them to? And if he gets them from the start to the, the, the Champions League winners, like he's done this season, that changes his whole profile. He's not just a manager that took over from a, another manager that got the team to the semi-final. No, he's taken the team, redesigned him, because already he's made structural changes to the team. They play a different formation than the previous manager. So he then takes them on a different curve under himself, and that just increases his credibility. Pizzo is no longer a very good coach in Africa anymore. Pizzo is a good manager that should be looked at outside of Africa. And I wonder if he can make the big jump to Europe. We'd love to see that happen. Um, Edwin, let's keep it in the Champions League. We've spoken about Al-Akhli, the defending champs. Um, who are the title contenders you'll be keeping an eye on? Well, I mean, you've got the perennial names. You've got TP Mazende. Um, you, you'll have Zamalek as well, who were in the final, uh, losing to Al Ali. And uh, you've got Esperance from Tunisia. But obviously, the South African interest is uh, Mamelodi Sundowns and Kaiser Chiefs, which uh, uh, we haven't spoken about. Uh, they go into the group stages of this championship or, or of this tournament of the Champions League, the Cap Champions League, for the first time in their history. So. Uh, you know, a lot of people would say a club as big as Kaiser Chiefs uh, should have been there uh, over the years. But we all know that uh, Kaiser Mutau has taken uh, over the years a, 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 a pragmatic financial decision on uh, campaigning in Africa. I mean, he was adamant that it cost uh, the, the flying. Um, you know, when they came back now from, from Angola, uh, they were already complaining about the treatment that they got uh, in, in Angola in terms of being looked after. You know, uh, we were mentioning uh, about South African players going to England and playing there uh, and most deciding to stay in South Africa because it's comfortable. We've got all the best stadiums on the African continent. We've got the best pitches. And so when, when Chiefs went to Angola to go play, they were already complaining about uh, hotels, they're already complaining about the pitch, you know. So over the years, um, they've stayed very clear of the Cape Champions League, but now they're in the group stages for the first time in their history. And, you know, it's a club that is struggling in the Premiership. Uh, they lost to Marisbeck United uh, just uh, this weekend um, against their former coach, Ernst Middendorf. So it was a a bit of a thing from Earth to kind of achieve because uh, obviously he lost his uh, job to Gavin Hunt. So you might say they are like Liverpool in 2005, doing well in the Champions League, but struggling in the, in, in the league at home. I don't know whether the South African uh, Premiership uh, is difficult. Maybe we might have to say, yes, it's 
it's one of the most difficult uh, leagues to win in, uh, in the world. You know, you're in 16th position, you win one match, you end up in you know, mid-table. It's that competitive, you know. So Kaiser Chiefs are struggling in, in, in the league at the moment, but uh, uh, they've, they've been lucky in the CAF Champions League to make it to the, to the group stages. Zain, I've got to come in there, um, and I, I don't know how, if Edwin is aware of this, and um, or, or you, but Manning Rangers played in the Champions League, and we got to the quarterfinals. I'm very aware. You went to we play in Essek Mimosas? Went to Essek Mimosas and lost to Essek Abidjan. Um, and personally, I knew I wasn't going to my house. I knew I wasn't going to relatives. So you gotta you 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 gotta develop a, an iron tummy. You're going somewhere else to try and get results in another country. Don't expect to be treated like you are by your relatives. Cowboy up, we are adults. You are going to play football in another country. Don't make things if you want to be successful. And I'm sure when Sundowns won the CAF Champions League, they didn't have a rosy hotel staying everywhere they went. And I and also, please, there couldn't have been a, a club with less money than Manning Rangers, and we were able to go through the, the Champions League. So Kaiser Chiefs, who's one of the greatest supported teams in the country, can never complain about budget and traveling. I remember I discussed with you earlier what my salary was. There weren't many players earning much more than me. So, you know, um, get into the Champions League. This is a difficult league. Make your mark and then get the stripes. Orlando Pirates are forever glorified for winning the Champions League in the time when they won it. Edwin's got a very big smile there. You remember that, don't you, Edwin? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I mean, you know, it, and, and it helped Bafana Bafana in 1996 to win the Africa Cup of Nations because those players. Um, you know, had played against uh, all those other African clubs. So it gives you an indication of how you can measure yourself against uh, your opponents. And it, 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 it's really important that uh, uh, South African teams participate uh, in, you know, in, in continental uh, tournaments. And, and Kaiser Chiefs, if they want to say that they are one of the continent's big teams, they have to go all the way, they have to pack it up and then they have to compete and they have to make sure that it benefits uh, South African football, Bafana Bafana in the long run. Couldn't agree more, boys. And what I'll say is um, for any visiting team to Naples, go and play Napoli. They'll be standing outside your hotel banging pots and pans throughout the night. If you don't believe me, go and experience, go and see it. It's phenomenal. Uh, sorry, Zane. I, ju I just want to talk about from a player's perspective as well. Uh, I'll never forget us going to play in Essex, uh, up in um, Ivory, uh, Ivory Coast in, against Essex Mimosa. Uh, and our very own last guest that we had on Clinton Larson spoke about that trip. And I was a substitute. I can still remember 60,000 people in the stadium. I was on the bench and... Um, Gordon says to me, go and warm up with a few of the other guys. Um, I never, I knew he was never going to put me on. He never did. <laughs> and I remember while warming up, they were throwing golf balls at us. 
No. Golf balls. Now, no ways. Now, I don't know, for anyone that's played golf, knows how hard these things are. They were throwing golf balls and batteries at us. Wow. Okay. We lost the game 3-0. Fine. That was a good team. You must think of it. The, the Torre brothers were in that team. You know what they've gone on to do. Uh, but, you know, you don't shirk the challenge. You dare, you fight. And after the, the game has won, the better man has won, you, you congratulate them. But you don't keep making these excuses of hotels and my mother didn't cook the pup for me. <laughs> for their sake. For their sake. You know? Courtney, yeah. you know, I'm waiting for you to say they they don't they don't make them like they used to, you know. They just they just don't make them like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, you remember my teaching point noir uh, yeah. in Congo? The bandages on the head. Um, you play bandages on the head. I mean, the the, the army outside with uh, with rifles. I mean, people in the stadium paying for Bafana's blood. You have to say, listen, we're gonna get through this. We're not going to be standing back for anybody because, you know, it, 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 the development of your players is the development of your game. You have to stand up and say, how, you know, how far can we go with our football? Um, you know, Egypt has got how many uh, Africa Cup of Nations titles? And down here at home, we say we're a footballing nation, but we always come up short. You know, we, we need people to man up and, 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 and produce the good. 100% agree with it, that. It takes place at club level with these players taking uh, part in the uh, continental competitions. I mean, Bloemfontein Celtic are in the Confederations Cup. So it, it, it needs to spread to more South African uh, teams taking part in, uh, in African competitions. And, you know, Edwin's met, mentions a little bit earlier on, Zane, he's mentioned something quite uh, important as well. The fear factor that the other countries in Africa will gain from us is only going to be gained if we play in them at club level, where they see our players and the players' ability. If we are going to be playing football under a tree somewhere where no one else can see us, what fear factor do we take onto the international stage in Africa? Couldn't agree with you more. And look at the reason why Pizzo Masimane gets the Al Akhli jo job. It's because they demolished Al Ahli 5-0 in the, uh, the the CAF Champions League. So that is your business card to the continent and to the world. And um, to your point, uh, Courtney and Edwin, I hope the boys toughen up. And I certainly hope Kaiser Chiefs go deep into the competition. It will be, it'll be great to see them um, go far and, and perform against the best on the continent. I think, it's, I think it's a leadership. I think it's a leadership point here. Let's not say it's down to the players only. Please, and I don't disrespect any player. No disrespect to the player. But the leader needs to decide that I'm sending my team. And when I talk about the leader, I talk about the manager. Needs to decide that I'm taking my team into Africa to do well here. And then that then transmits to the players that belief comes to the players. And that's where the team starts to lay down a mark of its ability and South African football. Because if we don't keep plodding along in these competitions, we are going to evaporate like a discipline in water. Well, here's hoping we don't evaporate. Or to use an old joke uh, that was so relevant to the old Pirates teams of old, like a tea bag, they exit the cup first. 
Um, listen, guys, it's been amazing talking to you. Um, Edwin, thank you for being on the show. Courtney, thank you for being here. Just before we go, though, I would like to uh, play our quickfire interview with um, Tendai Dariqua. He is Zimbabwe's Minister of Defense. And we had an opportunity to chat with him uh, to hear his thoughts on his favorite uh, memories in football, talk about some of the more lighthearted things. It's the perfect way to end the show. So uh, take a listen to his quickfire interview, which we're going to play for you right now. Tendai Dariqua, the Minister of Defense. Let's see if you can handle what I'm going to throw at you. Firstly, this is a really hard question. Why do you love football? I love football because it's my passion. Um, I think nearly, nearly everyone in the world loves football. I think it's a platform for me to express myself uh, on the pitch. Uh, you get to meet lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds. And um, of course, playing in front of a thousand supporters week in, week out, there's uh, no better feeling. What was your most memorable football initiation and what song did you sing? Um, it would have been when I signed for Burnley. Uh, I had to sing Mario, Let Me Love You, which I probably didn't do very well, but it's something I had to do. And <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, I don't think I got many uh, applause from the guys, but I tried my best. You know, everyone who comes on the show and makes their debut has to give us a rendition. So let me give you an example. When I was on the show, when, when I made my debut, I had to sing the Fresh Prince of Ballet. Ahmed Yusuf, one of our other hosts, he uh, sang Crazy by Niles Barkley. So you got to give us a little bit. you got to drop. No, 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 no. You're not going to get me to sing this time. <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe next time. I tell you what, if you ever want to hear somebody who sings really well, Peter Odomwingi, his initiation with uh, Michael Jackson, beat it. If you ever get the chance, tune into one of our old shows. I guarantee you'll be impressed. Okay, cool. If I come back on, I'll give you a song. You know what? Then we're going to definitely have to have you on. No um, problem. Who's the one person you can't go a day without calling or texting? Um, probably my missus because I get told off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, of course, I have a, a very good relationship at home with, with my family. So it's, it's probably my other half. Who is your favorite player of all time and why? Probably Lionel Messi. Um, I think being from this generation and, and watching the stuff he's gone on to do um, season after after season and, and some of the stuff he's done, it's really, it's, it's really out of this world. So he's probably my favorite player of all time. Who's the best player you've ever played with? With? Ooh, um, it's a tough one. I've played with a lot of players. Uh, I'm going to say Karma Biliat. I think you guys will know him. I think definitely. Of course, I knew about him before I went to the national team. Um, but seeing him live in the flesh and some of the stuff he can do for football, it's it's really out of this world. Um, he's a really talented player, and hopefully, he can put in some strong performances uh, for, for his club and for the country uh, in the foreseeable future. And here's the final question: Why are you proud to be African? I'm proud to be African because I don't believe there's another continent like on it in the world. I think we're we're unique, we're rich with history. Um, I think it's a, it's a beautiful continent. I think there's so many different places in Africa where you can you can go and visit, and at the same time, everywhere is different as well. Um, so I'm proud to be African. Cool. 
Well, thank you for joining us on the show. We certainly wish you well. Take care, Tendai. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Tendai Derikwa, Zimbabwe's Minister of Defence. All right, guys, that's a wrap for the show. Courtney, as always, it's a pleasure to have you with me. Um, Edwin, we got to bring you back soon enough. Um, we could make you our lion of Johannesburg. Would that work? Yeah. I've got the hair for it. <laughs> Edwin Khaswe, ENCA assignment editor, a man who's been in the game for 20 years, an all-round nice guy. Thank you for coming on the show. Next time I see you in Josie, or you're up here in London, and we're out of this pandemic, Nando's on me. Ah, that would be fantastic. And a pint, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney can't have it. He's losing weight. So it's just going to be me and you. <laughs> Ciao, guys. No, thank you for having me on the show. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Come back soon.